Deion Sanders and Colorado have been on an absolute tear in the transfer portal. They landed eight transfers in seven days, and I'm going to talk about all those transfers on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borba. And today's episode, we're talking about all of the transfers that Coach Prime has landed in the month of May. Um, we're only, as of yesterday, we were only seven days in. He already landed eight transfers. Um, Urban Meyer had some comments about Coach Prime and his transfer portal methods, which we'll, we'll talk about after. And then to conclude the episode, what is Colorado's biggest trap game of the season? Um, so in terms of what is the game that they have a chance to lose, but it should be a one that they win because but they were looking ahead or they were caught up in the, the week before. We'll discuss that on today's episode of Locked on Buffs, of course. But today's episode, of course, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Okay, let's dive right into the transfers. Um, it felt, and this is like a running joke I have, and I made this joke, I think, Friday or Thursday, one, one of those two days. Where I was like, on tomorrow's episode, we'll probably be talking about a transfer that they land because they always land transfers after I record stuff. And oh, did they do that? Coach Prime went on a, a little streak of landing transfer after transfer after transfer after transfer. It was just all over the place. Um, so let me give you a breakdown of each transfer. Um, I wrote about all of them over at Athlon, um, so you guys could go check that out. Um, there's Auburn, Auburn wide receiver Tavares Dawson, who was on the 1st of May, um, Omarion Cooper from Florida state defensive back, actually teammates with, uh, Dawson in high school. Um, Cooper is a very proven, not, I wouldn't say proven, but experienced defensive back who has some, some good numbers and will probably be, uh, contending for one of the starting spots. Um, I think obviously we have Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean, but Cormani McLean is going to have to earn his starting spot on the cor- at defensive back and, um, he's going to be pushed by a lot of veteran uh, corners. Um, and then Dawson, fast wide receiver, hasn't played much, only had two catches last year. But um, it's obvious that Coach Prime and Colorado have a type for receivers. They like they like fast guys, and so they don't care if you're 5'10", 5'9", um, because a couple of the transfers they brought in at receiver have been all, on the short side, but they're all very fast. Um, flash forward to May 2nd. Former five-star, he was actually ranked number 30 um, in his class, uh, Washington Edge, Savelle Smalls, um, did not, the the hype didn't match the production, or the production didn't match the hype um, coming into Washington. He was behind a couple, a couple guys that were just really good, and he didn't really see the field as much as he would have liked and have the production that Washington had hoped for, only 14 tackles this past season. So he'll have a chance to kind of maybe – carve out a role for himself, but also show why he was once ranked as a future first rounder. Um, Then this was May 4th, um, EJ Horton, speedy receiver out of Marshall. Um, Not the most productive receiver, uh, but he's really fast. Um, He had in 18 games over the past couple of years, he had, uh, he started or he played in 12, or he appeared in 18 games in the past two years, including 12 this past season, um, caught 16 passes, 245 yards, and two touchdowns over the course of the last couple of years. Um, very fast, another speedy, quick receiver. Not the most productive, but 
a little more experience. Uh, I think the Colorado wide receiver room is getting more experienced, even though it's not getting as productive as one would hope. Um, Shane Hooks is still out there on the market, but seems like I don't know if he's going to end up at Colorado. He was visiting Utah the other day, um, so maybe Colorado is going to end up playing him, but we'll see. Um, then flash forward to yesterday, um, May 7th, which is where it started going berserk. Um, they landed Jalen Ellis, or this was May 6th for Jalen Ellis. I wrote about it on the 7th because I had stuff going on. Um, Baylor wide receiver, uh, redshirt junior this past season. Um, he's very fast, has it had injury issues. Um, six catches for 198 yards and one touchdown. Uh, he's the, over his career. Um, I think he's a veteran presence again. Um, quick, I think, obviously, like I said, they have a tight, they like fast guys, and the more speed in that room, the more people that are going to be open. And I think a lot of these guys, while they haven't played a lot or proven a lot, their previous programs in a system where the balls didn't be thrown all the time, it's going to be spread out. Um, they're going to have opportunities to make plays. And I think that's kind of the appeal um, on both ends because Baylor, not the most pass heavy off or passer friendly offense. Um, Marshall decently. Okay. But like Auburn, they had Robbie Ashford, a quarterback, not great. Um, and then this is maybe the most underrated transfer edition so far out of this month is Roderick Ward out of uh, Southern Utah. He's a safety. He was first team all Western athletic conference, um, had huge numbers, uh, came from Mount, um, San Jacinto college, the junior college in Mount San Jacinto in California. Um, he had, he led his team or led his conference with 15 pass breakups while also being tied for first with interceptions with four. Um, and he was also a first team all Western athletic conference. So another safety at the back end. So now let's preview the safety room for a quick sec second. They have Cameron Silman Craig. Uh, they have Vito Tisdale, the Kentucky transfer. Um, they have Miles Slusher from Arkansas. They have Trevor Woods from last year. And now they have Roderick Ward. So a lot of experience at the safety room and the safety area. Uh, secondary room. No, just the just the safeties because the corners not so experienced, but the safeties very experienced. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of that position battle is going to be intense because they got theoretically two safety spots and they're going to have five quality guys unless one of them is able to move to corner or nickel or something. But we'll find out as the season goes on. But a lot of experience in that back end, which is great considering um, the Pac-12 is full full of top caliber quarterbacks. Um, and then, again, continuing their trend of landing talent yesterday, they went and got Bishop Thomas, a big-bodied defense lineman out of Florida State. Only had one tackle this past season. Um, but programs like Illinois, Oregon, Texas, uh, Penn State, and Tennessee were after him. Um, I don't know what his role is going to be. Obviously, when you have one tackle or you don't have like a lot of production, like some of these transfers, like Robert Ward, I would expect him to contend for a starting spot. Um, Bishop Thomas, I would expect him to be uh, at least in the rotation, a rotational piece that they run out there. Um, I think having fresh defense linemen is the best way to do it. So whether it's every lineman gets a few plays, every lineman gets a drive, and then they rotate the next one, um, I think he probably fits somewhere into that scheme um, or into that plan. Um, and then it's not done yet. I know it feels like we've I've been going on all day, but promise you we're still going last one of the day as of yesterday to make it eight and seven days was liberty transfer reggie young the second um he's a graduate transfer um played at central community college iowa central community college one of the best jucos in the country 
um, ended up at Northwestern State, and then obviously Liberty, and now he's at Colorado. 13th scholarship lineman on the roster. Um, and the offensive line, while I think it was one of my big concerns, I think it still is in terms of what it's going to look like because they were not getting the rave reviews that you would hope um, during spring. I just feel like I didn't see many, like the offensive line really got its day. It was more so like we still need to adjust to the speed. And so I think when you have 13 options, I think at least five will stick. And I think they're kind of just like, it reminds me of wetting a paper towel and throwing it at the wall in middle school in the bathroom. Not that we did that, of course, but like at the window or something, just to see who's would stick the longest. Um, we're going to see which linemen um, kind of stand out um, because that's what it's all going to be about to protect Shader Sanders and uh, open up the run game for the buffs. So yeah, major transfer portal additions. I expect them to continue. They still have probably, let's see. I would imagine there's they still have nearly 20 spots open. So there's going to be room for more additions. Um, updates on Cameron Johnson. He is um, he committed to Missouri. So the buffs are out on Cameron Johnson. Um, just didn't work out. But they landed some other talent um, along the way. Okay, let's move on to Urban Meyer's um, comments about Coach Prime. But before we do, this episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Um, today, the Lakers and the Warriors are playing. Maybe look at Kevon Looney, rebounds, Steph Curry threes, LeBron assists, whatever it may be. There's no p- better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, okay. Let's dive right back into Colorado, Urban Meyer, all the juicy things. Um, first of all, before we dive back in, Nikola Jokic accidentally shoved the the Suns owner into the ground. It was a flop. We all saw the flop. And he even came out and said he shouldn't be suspended. Uh, he's a former basketball player, former guard at Michigan State. He, he knows how to flop. He knows his way around a good flop. Um, but Urban Meyer... Um, Former Ohio State coach, former Florida coach, former Utah coach, Bowling Green, legendary coach, um, legendary college coach, NFL, not so much. There's a kicking incident, whatever, maybe still highly respected um, in the college football realm. Uh, recently had some comments about Coach Prime and um, his methods at Colorado on what is now called Urban's Take with the Tim May podcast. Um Go check it out so that way we could all go support Tim May and Urban Meyer. But here's what he said He can't even imagine the scenario playing out right at Colorado right now. How do you function? You know, I can't even imagine the recruiting going on right now and talking to other players and other programs and trying to get them to come to you. Then I'm also trying to wrap my head around players being told just to leave. We've all been there as a, we've all been as a coach, and you know, I 
wouldn't be truthful to say there weren't times I just wanted to tell players to leave, but you really can't do that. You make it hard on them and you make them either improve or they leave. That's the same thing, Urban. I don't know. I think every coach is really reluctant to say, yeah, I told players to leave because then they'll get backlash. But every college coach has told players, like they're if they haven't said leave, they've said you don't have a role here. And I think it better your best option would to be go to go elsewhere. And so I think that's what Urban Meyer is kind of alluding to. Um, not sure why he's acting like he's never kind of given someone the boot, but whatever. Um, but he continued saying, um, but Dion is a friend of mine. I really appreciate, I really appreciate him. I think he's doing right by the player in a lot of ways, but also you just wonder what happened to those guys that had a full scholarship to Colorado, you know, and I wonder if the media will do story follow up, will follow up to see what happened. All these players were already there. And ultimately I guess you're one in 11 and it's been really bad football for a long time. Dion was hired to go in there and that's what he's paid to do and hired to do go flip the switch and flip it around. So close quote. Uh, yeah. You know, a couple things I want to dive into. Like I said, urban Meyer, I'm sure has cut kids off the team or told kids uh, you don't have a spot here. You're not going to play. I think it may be a little different because the transfer portal got really active a couple years ago. And I think urban Meyer, um, if the timeline is mathing, I don't think Urban Meyer used the transfer portal or was here or it was like in its infancy when he was on his back end of the, his Ohio State career. Either way, um, Coach Prime has to do what he's got to do. You know, I think that's I've talked about it. We've all talked about it. They went one eleven. It's a business. Um, those kids were not going to help Coach Prime win football games. They didn't help Carl Durrell win football games, and they're not. Maybe they'll help their future programs win football games. But as a collective bunch, that group was not good enough. Um, it's the I'm going to call a spade a spade. They were not good enough. They weren't winning games. And so if Coach Prime was to come in and be like, okay, you know what? I need to just turn these guys around. We'll just put in some elbow grease, put a little elbow grease in there, and we'll try our best, and then we'll win. I guess I could see that like being something that people admire because then all the headlines would be from one and 11 to whatever it may be, but the headlines are still going to be that people. I think people are just excited to see what he does there. Um, and two, I think while it may be, and this is my only concern about the whole coach prime year one experiment. Cause I think in the future he'll be fine. Um, when there's so many bodies and like so many things going around, I am interested to see how it works out in terms of, how do you pick starters or how do you do this? How do you do that? Obviously he's, he's a pro. He knows what he's doing. Um, I think it'd just be a little challenging. Like the offense line, you got 13 candidates. Um, will it be easy to narrow them down to five or six? Cause you always got to have that six man. I don't know, but that's not our problem. That's coach prime's problem. Um, but I do think it's interesting that urban Myers kind of, I don't know if he's changed his tone. Um, but I, when I first started covering Colorado, which I think was, probably in May or June, maybe April, one of those months. Um, one of the first things I wrote about was Urban Meyer saying that he thinks uh, Coach Prime could lead Colorado to a championship by year two. And now it sounds like he's a little concerned about the roster construction. It's like you thought he was going to win a roster just by recruiting um, or, or you win a championship just by recruiting uh, two good recruiting classes and just mixing those guys in with the one in 11 scrubs. No. No, we all knew the transfer exodus was coming. Did we know it was going to be 50 out, 40-something in? Probably not. I don't think anybody could have predicted that. But Coach Prime is the only coach in college football that could do that, um, per se, unless it's like Nick Saban. And Nick Saban, if Alabama's in a situation where they have 50 players leaving, 
Um, that might be the end of the Alabama dynasty. Uh, let's just call it that. Um, but yeah, don't I don't I don't get this criticism of Coach Prime in the transfer portal. It's got it. It had to be done. Is it pretty? Is it the is it the most in a world of being PC or like friendly, um, viewer friendly or if you will, emotional friendly? No, it's not. Um, it's not the most friendly method. Uh, it's just really not a way of. I think back in the day, Urban Meyer, for example, say he takes a Colorado job, he would come in, he would coach up the one and eleven guys. He'd coach them up. He'd be like, "Okay, this is what you guys know. This is what you guys need to do because what you guys did isn't working." And then he would recruit recruit guys that would eventually take the spots of those one and eleven guys, and then eventually he'd have his own guys in the program who would help him win. Well, now we have this thing called the transfer portal where you could just plug and play talent right away. And it kind of helps um, speed up the process of a rebuild. So everyone relax. You know, the, the transfer portal process is working. Um, I, like I said before, though, he Coach Prime does need to hit on like half of his transfers, if not 60% now. Because um, if you don't hit on them, then it's obviously not going to work out. But you got to do what you got to do. Um Let's move on. Also, I want you guys, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Buffs your first listen every day. Um, tomorrow's episode for my everydayers. That's what I call my everyday listeners. Um, Brian Howell from, you know him, you know him well. Uh, let me pull him up right here. Brian Howell is joining Lockdown Buffs for tomorrow's episode. Uh, if you're not familiar with Brian, he is the Colorado's uh, beat writer for Buff Zone and the Boulder Daily camera and the Boulder Daily. Um, very very dialed into the colorado football program he's going to be on tomorrow's episode you won't want to miss that that's going to be a great one um but again i want to thank you guys for making locked on bus your first listen every day um we're free and available wherever you get your podcast okay it's trap game time if you don't know what trap game is especially in college football um well it's mostly a thing in college football because obviously college football is the one sport where going undefeated is pretty much a must in order to make it where you want to make it um if you're not familiar, though, a trap game, for example, um, take a take a team like we'll go Texas um, or no, I always pick Texas because, you know, I have um, I covered them. So I have like experience there. Um, let me go USC instead. USC has a, a chance to make it to the playoff this season. Um, you pull up their schedule and you see winnable games. They have a few tough ones, but maybe they before their game against UCLA, their big rivalry, their game against Utah, maybe they're caught sleeping and they're caught looking ahead. And so they lose the game before the game that they're, that matters more or even worse, they beat Utah or whatever for for this, for the sake of this example, they beat Utah and then they play at another schedule off the top of my head. Then they play Cal and it's like, should they beat Cal by 50? Yes. But are they still emotionally hung over from the big win over Utah and kind of thinking that they have everything locked up? Yeah. So maybe they come out against Cal. Cal comes out motivated and they upset him. Um, Cal upsets USC. Well, that that's kind of the trap game. Basically, it's a game that you, you lose that you shouldn't lose. Um, for Colorado and our good friend of the program, uh, Raymond Lucas Jr. over at 24-7 wrote about every Pac-12 team's biggest trap game um, potential. So let me break down Colorado's, um, according to Raymond, my good friend. He said, after facing TCU Nebraska, Colorado slate, Colorado slate dips into difficulty when facing Colorado State. That sentence could lead to trouble 
if the Buffalo's players have the same mindset. With so many newcomers, Colorado's 2023 roster may not fully grasp the rivalry with Colorado State, but the Rams should be itching to topple their in-state foe. In case you haven't heard, the Buffaloes are coming, but their rival could take time. Beginning the season against college football playoff runner-up TCU marks the beginning of a challenging September slate. Colorado then faces Nebraska in a battle of first-year head coaches before things cool down against Colorado State. From there, the Buffaloes travel to Oregon and host USC. Regardless of talent level, this would be the toughest schedule in the conference, but especially the case for Colorado, which may need time to gel. Um, yeah, so um, I do think if I had to pick a trap game, I think when you look at Colorado's schedule, Colorado State is like the most guaranteed win on the schedule. So technically, it is a trap game. If they're kind of maybe they beat Nebraska and they're like riled up and they're amped, and then they go they go play Colorado State, and you know, I'm sure the crowd will be sold out, but it's not as it's not like half red, half black. It's like 99.9% black and gold, and then, then the other one percent is green and whatever other color Colorado State wears, probably gold. Um, and so maybe they're just they're just not as this intense. It's probably not going to be a nationally televised like spectacle, if you will, because Nebraska, Colorado is going to be probably like the big noon kickoff or something. Um, but let's just be real. Colorado, they own um, they own Colorado State. They've won the last five meetings since 2015. Um, their longest win streak is 12, which was in the 30s to 40s. Um, all-time series Colorado leads 67 to 20 they're 67 22 and 2 um, and I don't know if I see the Rams as a threat and I look at their records over the last few seasons the Rams I think Colorado catches some slack for being one of the worst teams in college football over the past few seasons the Rams are right there with them poor play in the state of Colorado um, three and nine three and nine one and three during the COVID year four and eight three and nine um, they had a nice stretch from 2013 to 2017. Um, they went, they won eight games, 10 games, and then seven games, uh, three times under Mike Bobo. Um, Jim McElwain, hello. Uh, that's when he parlayed that into the Florida job, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I think Colorado's got the, the Rocky Mountain showdown all but locked up. I think their biggest trap game, um, uh, in terms of trap games, like the, the definition of a trap game, yes, it is a trap game, but I think maybe. I don't know. It's it's hard to pick one. I guess I guess I'll have to agree by default in a way because I don't think I look at any other of their games and be like, that's a game that they absolutely should win, and they're coming off of a game where they should win big or something. So Colorado State technically a trap game for the Buffs. Um, don't let Colorado State fans hear that though. Um, that Week Three game is going to be huge for Colorado because um, they're either going to be riding high or they're going to need a pick me up, and so big game um they need a win there just to kind of continue to establish the coach prime era um but again we'll find out as the season comes we're 115 ish days away from the season so very excited about that i'm very excited about tomorrow's episode of locked on buffs very excited for you guys to follow along with the journey um i want to appreciate i want to thank you guys again for making locked on buffs your first listen every day uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm Kevin Borba. This has been Locked on Buffs. We will see you guys tomorrow um, where we'll be talking all things Buffs. Have a great day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 
96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.